So it's the uh, Christmas season, and that's always an exciting time. Uh, sometimes exciting good, and sometimes exciting stressful, right? Uh, and what we are uh, doing this Christmas season with our sermons is we're going to take a look into the Old Testament to see some pictures of Christ in the Old Testament that tell about Jesus and how he is going to be coming to earth to save the world, uh, but thousands of years before Jesus is born. So uh, we believe that the Bible is uh, a story with one unified theme. This is probably stolen from the Bible Project, if anyone's fans. With one unified theme, and that's that Jesus has come, and he is the Savior of the world. So... About 1,500 years before Jesus was born, we find a group of people, and uh, we might be familiar with them, we call them the Israelites, and uh, they found themselves in trouble. It says this about the time that they were living in. It says that there was no king in the land. There was no ruler. There was no one uh, coming in and checking on them. You know, sometimes we don't like laws, right? Like when you get that ticket. I got a ticket, uh, I drove through a red light somewhere, and then I got a ticket in the mail with photos of me. No arguing with that one. Sometimes we don't like laws, right? We don't like when there's a ruler that tells us what to do. However, it does keep us safe. When they're good, honestly. And it says that there was no king in the land. So people were just doing whatever they felt like was right. Oh, and there was chaos and disorder. Perhaps, like me, you can relate that there are times in your life where you feel like there are enemies that are just too big. The Israelites found themselves, they were in bondage, they were like slaves to the enemy called the Philistines. And they were ruling over them and controlling them, making their lives miserable. And perhaps you are here this morning like me and you can think of times or even today in your life where there are things in your life that are ruling over you. An enemy that in your life that seems to not be able to be beaten. Perhaps it's a broken relationship. Perhaps it's finances that are in trouble. An addiction. Sexual brokenness. The list goes on. Pride and anger. And it feels like there is no way out. And when it feels like there is no way out, we, we are left with only truly one option, and it's to cry out to God. And that's what the Israelites did. They cried out to God, and he heard their cry, and he said, I will send someone to save you. I'm going to send someone to save you. And this might remind you of when Jesus is born. You see, we we find this. It says that uh, an angel of the Lord appeared to a woman. Sound familiar? An angel of the Lord appeared to a woman and, uh, and told her that she was going to give birth to a son. And he was going to be special. He was going to be set apart. And he was going to save the Israelites. And there was going to be something special about this young man. He was going to be exceedingly strong. He's going to be exceedingly strong. His name is Samson. So your first building this morning is this. Like Jesus, 
Samson's birth is foretold. Like Jesus, Samson's birth is foretold. It, it's told about ahead of time. So uh, Samson's parents, they weren't able to have children. An angel comes to them and tells them, good news, you will be able to have a child, and that child is going to be exceptional. He's going to be the Savior. He's going to save Israel from their enemy. So, the promise is fulfilled, and uh, the baby is born, and he grows up, and he begins to live his life, and we find out that Samson, uh, one day he is walking, uh, it out, he's heading somewhere, he's traveling, and a lion comes out, and Sam, this is the first time we find out just how strong Samson is. A lion comes out to attack him, and Samson grabs that lion, and it says that he tears it in pieces. He just tears it in pieces. This is how strong he is. But you see, Samson used his authority, he used his ability for himself. And the trouble really begins when Samson, he sees a woman, he sees a woman who was uh, a Philistine woman. Now, who are the Philistines? They were Israel's enemy, right? Israel's enemy, the ones that were ruling over him. And Samson is supposed to be fighting against them. But he sees this Philistine woman and he says to his parents, he says, get her for me. He says, I want to marry her. And instead of fighting against the enemy, Samson goes and he unites himself with the enemy. Samson, during the wedding feast, he makes a rash bet. He, he kind of talking it up with the guys, the, these other Philistines, the enemy, but he thinks that they're his friend, and he starts talking it up with them, and he's, he, he gives them kind of like a riddle to solve. And he says, you know what, if you figure it out, uh, I'll, I'll pay you uh, 30 uh, pieces of clothing, right? Which is a big deal back then. A lot of people only had one thing to wear. He says, I'll give each one of you something to wear. But if, you know, if you, if you don't figure it out, you're going to have to pay me. Well, uh, they figure out they figure out the answer to the riddle. And so Samson, in order to get himself out of this bind, because he doesn't have 30, 30 pieces of clothing to give someone, he doesn't have this. This is a huge amount of wealth. He goes and he kills 30 Philistines. Why? Not because he's trying to save the Israelites from the enemy. No, just because his loud mouth got himself into trouble. Right? So Samson, you see, he's, he's abusing that authority. He's abusing what God has given him and using it. Not to save the Israelites, but only to save himself. However, God still uses Samson. And like Jesus, this is your second filling, like Jesus, Samson will save the Israelites. The story of Samson goes on and we hear about just how strong he is. Several times he's actually tied up and bound. Once he's actually tied and he's given to the Philistines and they think they've got him, right? And he breaks the bonds off of him and he grabs just whatever was lying around and there was this jawbone, right, of a donkey just lying, I don't know, right, a dead donkey. And he just grabs it and he kills a thousand of the Philistines, right? He burns the Philistines' crops. In one story, he tears the gates from the city. He takes 
Imagine one of these ancient cities with these huge walls, right? And the enemy might come and they might try to get in and close those gates, right? No one's getting past those gates. Once the enemy surrounded Samson and he goes and he tears the gates off and then he carries them for miles and miles, just kind of showing off. Like, you thought you were going to get me? No problem. One of the things that, uh, this started an aside as I'm strutting across the front here and I'm relatively small. Uh, one of the things that I find interesting about the story of Samson is, uh, you know the story of Goliath, right? And it tells us exactly how big he is, right? Well, in the story of Samson, it doesn't tell you if he was a big man or not. Maybe God filled him with strength. Maybe he was just an average-looking person, but God filled him with strength. Maybe he was a really big man. It doesn't, it doesn't say. Well, you know this isn't going to end well, right? I mean, this guy, right, he, he thinks he can get away with anything. And he keeps talking himself up, keeps fighting his way out of situations. Until at last one day, Samson tells the secret of his strength. This time when he is bound, he cannot escape. The Philistines surround him, and he tries to fight his way free like before. But his strength is gone, and he's captured. His eyes are gouged out, ripped out, and he's thrown into prison helpless. His strength is gone. His sight is gone. Samson is defeated. Well, sometime later, the Philistines, the enemy, right, they have Samson in prison and they are excited about it. And they're throwing a party and they are celebrating because we have finally got Samson where we want him, right? We can just make him do what we want. So you know what? They do that. They're having a party, and they bring him out. They say, bring out Samson. Make him entertain for us. And there's says that there's over 3,000 people at this party. Some of them are even up on, like, the balcony above celebrating. And Samson is let out, and he's made to entertain for them. And in desperation, Samson cries out to God. And he says, I want vengeance on these people. I want revenge because they took my eyes. And he braces himself between the two pillars of the house and he pushes with all his might and God fills him with strength one last time. And Samson pushes and he brings down the whole house. And many Philistines are killed and Samson dies as well. You see, like Jesus, Samson this is your next villain. Like Jesus, Samson dies to defeat the enemy. So let's fast forward. Let's head over to the story of Jesus. We can see already, right, there are some similarities. But let's let's focus in on a few that maybe uh, are important, maybe stand out to us. So like Samson, Jesus' birth is also foretold. An angel appears to Mary, right? An angel appears with a message from God and tells her that she's going to give birth to a son. The angel says this, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Holy One to be born to you, the angel says to Mary, the mother of Jesus. The Holy One to be born to you, though is not going to just be a person. Not like Samson, who is just a person. No, the Holy One to be born to you will be the Son of God. And so we find this. We find 
that you fill in number four. Unlike Samson, Jesus is God. Not just a person to believe in. Not just some great man or great woman. Jesus is God. Samson, his mission was to rescue Israel from the hands of the enemy. And it's something he really only partially did. I mean, Samson, he only ever fought the enemy when he himself was trapped, right? There was no way out, and he had gotten himself into a bind, and he had to fight his way out of there. But Jesus is sent not just to save Israel, not just to, just to save one group of people, like saving Rochester. That would be impressive, right? If you were a hero and you saved all of this city. Right? Not just to save like one group of people, or one type of people, or some special set-apart individuals. No, Jesus is sent to be the Savior of the world. So unlike Samson, Jesus will save the world. Unlike Samson, Jesus will save the world. And like Samson, Jesus would go on. He would go on to face an enemy one day. But unlike Samson, Jesus would not fight against uh, a ruler or a nation. No, Jesus, the Savior of the world, would go alone and face the enemy of sin and death. You see, the payment of sin is death. And God, in His justice, will not let the guilty go unpunished. And so, perhaps, a good person might stand in the way and say, no, you know what, seven eyes might be deserving of death, but I will stand in for him. But if a guilty person takes another guilty person's place, well then there's a debt that still needs to be paid. Right, like, if I am on death row and going to be condemned, if I'm going to die because I murdered someone, and another murderer comes in and says, I'll take his place, well you see, no, there's still a an unpaid debt. But Jesus is a sinless Savior. Christ the sinless Savior can take our place. Jesus was perfect. He never failed. He never gave in. <laughs> like Samson, right? Remember Samson? And he used his strength, he used his power, right? To influence others, to get what he wanted. I mean, who was going to, remember when he went and said, like, get me that woman, I want her, right? I mean, Really? You're going to argue with that guy? He just killed a thousand people with like a donkey jawbone. I mean, don't, don't argue with him, right? But Jesus, in all of his power and all of his authority, never abused it. He didn't use it just to get what he wanted. Even when the devil himself tempts Jesus, he resists lawlessness. You see, Samson, Samson just fought against an army, a physical enemy. Like fighting a bully or something. But Christ, he gives us victory over the true enemy of sin and death. And we already mentioned that this enemy, it can take the form, right, of many things in our lives. And you see, sin brings death. And you say, okay, well, I'm still alive, right? I mean, so, like, I know I've sinned, like, for myself, right? I've kind of wondered about this a lot uh, when I was younger, you know. People would tell you, sin brings death. But... It's not necessarily means that if I sin, I'm going to die today. 
But think of all the ways that death begins to work its way into your life. Sin brings death through broken relationships and broken finances, through addictions, through anger that can't be controlled, through depression that you can't get out of. Sin brings death to everything. It spreads like a disease. It's good for us to pause here and remember this. That Christ doesn't say to us, He does not say, I have come and I will rescue you from all of your problems. He doesn't say that. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. There's going to be problems. That you, there's going to be mountains, like we sang today. There's going to be mountains. Christ doesn't say he's just going to take those things away. But he does give us this promise. He says, in me, you have hope. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He says that though you were dead, you will be alive. That though you were slaves, you will be free. That when all the world around you is crumbling and falling, you can have hope because we have a risen Savior. We have Christ, our victor, who goes before us. In Christ, mountains will move. Like Samson. Remember Samson in the prison? humiliated and broken like Samson, Jesus finds himself naked surrounded by a mob of angry men and they beat him and they spit in his face and they say to us you know, prophesy to us Christ, tell us who hit you and if you're the Christ well there's a big difference here because like Samson, Jesus is going to cry out to God in his moment of need. But remember, Samson, he stretches out his arms and he cries out to God to be filled with strength, not to save anyone, but because he wanted revenge. He wanted vengeance on his enemy. As Christ stretches out his arms on the cross, he doesn't pray, he doesn't cry out to God because he wants revenge on the enemy. He says, no, God, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus stretches out his arms, and he dies for the sins of the world as his enemies nail him to the cross. And Christ does it willingly. He dies for us to save us. And he prays for us as he dies. Unlike Samson, though, Jesus, this is your last filming, unlike Samson, Jesus he defeats the enemy, and he rises again. You see, Jesus, he was sinless, and so he took the sins of the world on him, and those sins, they brought him down to death, but he paid the penalty for those sins, but he had done no wrong, and death had no hold on him. And he rose again. Christ rose again, victorious. We have a Savior like no other. We have a Savior who leads us all the way and never fails. We have a Savior that even when faced with death, rose again. And so when you're in your life today, and there's a mountain before you, and it's not moving, we have hope because we have a risen Savior. We have hope because Jesus in all things, 
He has done all things well. He has never failed. So this this Christmas, I was telling Katie the story as I was like practicing through this. I was like, I, I get a little distracted. We are still talking about Christmas, right? Uh, so this Christmas, though, as we remember the birth of Jesus, we were reminded of this. We are not just remembering some baby who was born, although that is a great gift and a miracle and a wonderful thing. But we are remembering Jesus, the Savior like no other. Jesus, the one who was born and is God. This Christmas, we are remembering Jesus, the Savior like no other, who will come and not just save some people that he likes, but he will save the world. And this Christmas, we are reminded that Jesus, he is the Savior like no other. That though he even faced death and died, he rose again. And so we say... With, uh, like the shepherds, many years ago they heard this, that a Savior is born, and his name is Jesus, Christ the Lord. And we rejoice this morning, because we have a good God, don't we? Amen. 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 Yeah.